So this morning we're going to move into Mark chapter 6. We just went through the Making Jesus Known series where we had four main focuses of our church um, that we're really feel God is leading us to concentrate on this year. And so we took a little time out from our Mark series to talk about those things. Now we're heading back into our Mark series through the journey through the Gospel of Mark called Remarkable. I love that name. And uh, yeah, okay. I think you get it. (laughs) So uh, we're picking up on chapter 6. Let's look at uh, verse 30, and we'll read through the whole passage right now. The apostles turned to Jesus from their ministry, returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that, the, that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so, we can get, so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We have, we'd have to work for months just to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. So, as you can catch on, sorry, we are starting in our message right now. We're going to go to a church family discussion afterwards. But I'm just going to highlight four things for us this morning out of this passage. Um, In the next, what, 10 minutes? Uh, and so then we will, uh, and the first one, and so and the, final, and the final thing that I'll highlight is the main driving point of this uh, story. But we're going to glean a few things before that. And the first one is the first thing that Jesus says. He says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. So coming into the story, the disciples had just been sent off two by two with just nothing but the clothes on their back. And uh, Jesus had given them authority, and in verse 13 it says, And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. So this has been a powerful time for them. They'd done all these exciting things. They'd seen just God work through them in so many powerful ways, and so they finally went back to their teacher, to their leader, uh, to Jesus, and they have so much to report back to him. And so, but they're probably a little bit exhausted. This is like a pretty high, like a lot of stuff going on. But then also we have Jesus himself, he had just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been killed by Herod. So he is going through a bit of a, a time as well. He needs his friends around him. He needs some time. And so he has this great thing that he says they ought to do. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet, quiet place and rest in a while. They need this time to restore and to rejuvenate and to build each other up. And so, but Jesus, being fully God... He's also fully human. And so 
he goes through these same aspects of grief, of suffering, of sorrow. When he loses a loved one, he feels the pain the same way that we feel the pain. He experiences life the way that we experience life. He can relate to us completely in those ways. And so this would not be an easy time for him. He loved his cousin John. And so he needs his friends, his disciples around him. They need to have some time away. Um, and so that, in that same way, that's something that Jesus says to us. He invites us. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He's constantly saying that to us. We have this opportunity to spend time with the living God. We have with Jesus himself. Um, it's what we are created to do, to, to be able to spend time in the silence and hear from him what he would have to say to us. Uh, we can bring our sorrow, our, our difficult situations, our concerns, and he wants to meet us in the midst of those. And he can um, rejuvenate us, empower us, mold us into he, who he wants us to be uh, through those times. And even for my son Ezra, when he was, uh, he was on the toilet and God talked to him in that silent time when he had alone and said, why don't you invite me into your heart right now? And he, and he received him. So it looks different for different people. Depending on who we are, who God built us to be, it might, those times may look different and they may be hard to find. They will get interrupted, just like they get interrupted uh, for Jesus and his disciples. But it's still worth, it's who we were created, how we were created to be is to enjoy time with, uh, with our Savior. Our next point is be like Jesus and have compassion. So this time that was supposed to be spent alone with his disciples was interrupted. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching many things. So compassion completely changed his plans. They were good plans. This is God-ordained plans. This, Jesus had these plans. He is God. He had plans to spend with his disciples. They were um, completely interrupted, intersected, and he was willing, and this was a good thing. So Jesus saw an opportunity to have compassion on somebody, and that was, is what God does is he allows himself to be interrupted by compassion. And he desires that for us as well. Is that, because the more that we allow ourselves to be interrupted by compassion from our plans, and I, and I will admit that my, I myself can be very task-oriented and I get very focused on what I'm doing. And so it can be very difficult to break my concentration and at times. But I pray that God would ask, that God would intersect me and my life in those, those opportunities to show compassion to people. Um, when there is opportunities that arise, that I would not be so blinded and focused that I would be um, allowed to partake in those situations where God calls me to exercise his compassion through me and that I'll see the opportunities. So I would say that the more easily we are moved by compassion, the more we are aligning with the character of Jesus. And the next idea, number three, is Jesus involves us, his people, to do his work here on earth. In verse 37, Jesus said, you feed them. So I often read this, through much of my life I read this as like a bit of a taunt. 
like he's being cheeky, and then he's basically saying like, oh, you try to feed them. I know you can't, you guys are useless. Like only I could really feed them. And like, you know, like I thought it was kind of like, he's like making fun of them, and then he goes and then feeds them himself. But I realize now that Jesus is being a lot more sincere. He's saying, you feed them. I'm going to allow you to feed them. I'm going to help you feed them. But you're going to do it. And so that we actually see that. If you actually go through the passage, I'm not, um, you see that, first of all, the disciples initiate compassion and concern for the people's hunger. They are the ones that bring it up. They are the ones that see the need. Number two, they voice concern about their resources when Jesus says you feed them. They recognize the magnitude of what he's asking them, and it's way beyond their capabilities or on their own. It would have taken, they say it was over, it'll cost over 200 denarii, and one denarii is a day's wage, right? So this is over six months of wages uh, to be able to pay them, to pay for the food to provide for these people. And they realize, like, this is not even, like, this is not something we can do. We can't pull this off. Uh, Number three, they go out and they find what food they have. What do they have to work with? And they report it back. Number four, then they organize the people into groups. So these, guys, so these disciples are working hard this whole time. Like, they're doing the, act, the actions here. And then they distribute the food from Jesus to everyone as he blesses it and passes it to them. And then number six, he, they collected all the excess when it was done. And they, um, to see, like, how much there was left. So the disciples were involved in every single aspect of this miracle, except for the divine miracle itself. They did all of it. They did the, they did the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus provided the power to make it happen. So as his church, for us, God invites us in the same way to be part of everything he is doing. As we get fully involved in his good plan, he supplies us with the power needed from on high through his spirit. And St. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, yours are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. And then the last point, which I think is the driving point of this um, passage, is that Jesus is the all-powerful God who cares for your needs. And we, had, we sang so many songs about this, about his power and who he really is, the power in his name, and just, um, I was just overwhelmed again just singing along with these worship songs this morning. I was like, this is, this is our God. He is beyond all comprehension, his power. Uh, sorry, so let's go into the verse here again. Those little verses here, it says, Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So really, this is the point of the story. This is the Messiah. You're supposed to make it abundantly clear. This is the one that they've been waiting for. This is the promised one. They, uh, they recognize as the prophet. This is the greatest prophet of all time. And he blows away all the other prophets that they've ever experienced. Some of the greatest, so one of the, it's, it's known that some of the previous great prophets have provided food for the people through miraculous signs. And Jesus does the same. Let's, but let's look at the comparison of this. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, it says, One man... One day, a man from Bel Shalisha brought the man of God a sack of fresh grain and 20 loaves of barley bread made from the, great, the first grain of his harvest. Elisha said, give it to the people so they can eat. What? His servant exclaimed, feed a hundred people with only this? But Elisha repeated, give it to the people so they can eat. For this is what the Lord says, everyone will eat and there will be some left over. 
And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. So the people at this time of Jesus would be familiar with this great prophet. They would have heard the story of 20 little barley loaves, much smaller than the loaves we use today. 20 little barley loaves fed 100 people and it blew their mind. Like, this is not possible. This is, a, this is a miraculous sign from God. That was Elisha. Now, from 20 loaves to 100 people, what do we have Jesus doing? We have five loaves and two little fish. Barley loaves as well. Same, same idea, same little loaves. Five little loaves and two fish feeding 5,000 families. <laughs> like, he's blowing this miracle out of the water. He's just saying, okay, You've experienced this before. You know of these, the great prophet Elisha did this. Well, who might this be that is providing this? How much greater is his power? So not only that, his power is real and beyond what one could even hope or imagine. The solar system, the galaxies, the entire universe submits to his power and authority. And we, we sing songs of the mountains shake before him. Like when we think of just this magnitude and size of this, we do not begin to comprehend the power of our God. We do not even come close. We talk about mountains, but then you think about how much bigger is a solar system or a galaxy than a mountain? Like it's, it's negligible, right? But how much bigger than that is God, the creator of this, who creates galaxies and, and solar systems and like all the time. And so he is so powerful. And I've seen it personally, and he's very personal. So our family has seen him act in power. I shared a year ago about uh, my father who had, had been in suffering uh, a couple of years ago. So for about six month period, he had intense pain in his sinus uh, area. And it was, uh, he, he explained later that, or during, I guess, uh, when my wife asked him, well, so what's your level of pain out of 10? She's a nurse, so that's something they ask. And he said, 10 out of 10 all the time. He was praying for, he was praying that God would take him. He said, I, I guess this is my time. Like, I, please relieve me of this pain. And it went on for months and months. And so, but one day, in the midst of it, they went out for a walk, just to try, let's go for a walk on the trail. Let's, maybe we can get some relief this way. And so he went out, and there was a couple from their church that saw him there and saw that his diminished condition, and they were like, can we pray for you? So he's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I mean, he, he, he was also in affected hearing, so he couldn't even really hear what they were praying for him. But then... Uh, he woke up in the middle of the night that, that night and all of his pain was gone, completely relieved of all pain. It was over. And then further on, there was, uh, there was still like, concern about what was happening. He had these MRIs and CT scans and they were pointing to his, his sinus cavities being riddled and full of cancer. And so when we found about, out this, uh, he said the weekend before he went in, they were going to do exploratory surgery and they would have the cancer doc doctors would be uh, choosing the treatment that week of how they're going to tackle this cancer. And so we'd already seen this miracle of his relief from pain. And so, well, let's pray. Let's pray for the freedom of, from cancer. And so actually uh, it was on our prayer chain and people here, you guys, prayed for him as well. And uh, he went in, they went to explore what was there and it was nothing, completely free of cancer. Completely baffled them. <laughs> from what the CT scans and the MRIs had told them, they're like, well, what's gone? So anyway, praise God. He is powerful. And so, th yeah, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> but uh, so as powerful as he is, he meets the needs of, 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 the, of us. He loves us so dearly. Uh, he meets the needs of the people, the 5,000 people on a hillside. 
but also the individual. He knows where you're at right now. He knows what your worries are, what your concerns are, what you're going through. He knows what you actually need. He knows what you need to survive. He knows what you, he knows what you need emotionally. He knows what you need um, in your life right now to meet you. And so uh, we can go to him. And he is powerful. He can provide for us because of who he is. So I'll invite you, why don't you pray with me this morning as we close this part of our service. Lord, we ask you, actually before we ask you, we thank you for who you are, for your character, for your love, for your deep, deep love for us, Lord. Expand our, our understanding of your power, your glory, your love for us, your care for us and concern for us, even as individuals. We cast our worries on you this morning. We cast our deepest concerns. We give them to you. We recognize that you desire to include us with the work that you are doing in the world. We ask that you would open our eyes and that you would give us compassion, give us your compassion and your heart for people around us, Lord. We welcome you to interrupt our good plans with your heart of compassion. And empower us, Holy Spirit, to fulfill what you desire to do through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.